Hey, what you watching? Got a problem with part two? Hello and welcome to another episode of Canada, a nostalgic journey to dig through decades of anime to find the good, the bad, and just plain weird of Canadian dubbing. I am your co-host Chris Lucy Antonio. And I'm your co-host Sylvie Kettles. And we are back on the anime train. <gasps> Choo-choo! Yeah. God, isn't this always fun? Don't you always wait for these episodes, listener? I, I sure hope so, because uh, we're not going to stop. No, 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 it's compulsive at this point. Yeah. Like, we, it, I think the series began as a joke. It's like, well, you know, that's... Uh, well, we we got to talk about the Sailor Moon dub. Can we really talk about the Canadian animation industry without talking about the dubbing industry? I mean, yes, technically Technically, yeah, if you're boring. Yeah, and if you're not a unrepented weave, as such as both of the hosts of this show. Of course. Oh, sorry, have you repented your weaveness? No. No, good. No, that that pause was uh, was me just like <laughs> you know breathe, breathing in, like just reminding myself, centering myself in my weakness. Oh, oh, just like having it con- confronted at you like that. It's like, hmm, yeah. that is what I am. Yep. Anyway, and, uh, I've accepted it. Good. Yeah. Well, unlike unlike most of the uh, series that we've covered on this uh, Cartoon Night in Canada side series, uh, we're doing another one that neither of us really grew up with yeah this is definitely one that um i didn't watch as as a wee child i did acquire it at some point in high school uh but it is another very 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 famous one it is and i don't know not to give credence to uh the thinking behind the dub which we will get into (laughs) extensively but the reason why I originally wrote this show off when I knew it was airing at the time of uh, my childhood. I I saw advertisements for it. Uh, I kind of knew what the title was, like, but I wrote it off because <clears throat> it looked like a show for girls. What? I isn't that just such a silly reason? What? I mean, when you're six or seven, that is sound logic that but, makes all the sense in the world but chris did you not hear the uh like really dramatic narrator intro and, and well no because think... i never watched the show <laughs> <laughs> it just just the way that it was advertised uh very specifically it was in the mold of shoujo manga and anime, a term I didn't know at the time, but it all just read to me as like, well, that's not for me. I mean, this this is a show that was all founded almost entirely on what if fashion was magic? And, I mean, you just kind of described the entirety of the origins of shoujo man- ma- manga. Well, specifically the magical girl. Oh, even before that, I mean, it... It spun out of, like, girl magazines that with, like, fashion pictorials, so... Oh, you... Okay, yes. Now I know what you mean it, now. It's all interwoven here, and, well, unlike... I, I'd say, like, unlike with our experience with Master Keaton, where we were entirely uh, in the deep end without any kind of flotation device, we had no... We, we had no grounding for that at all. There is a... There's a bit here, because this is a more famous series by a very famous uh, manga group, uh, by produced by a very famous anime studio. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot to hold on to here. There's a lot to hold on to, and yet, nothing at all. Yeah. We, uh, Shall we just get into that? Yeah, we, we done butchered this one. This is a power that's on. We've got to find them to bring the power home. Our captors 
So, Cardcaptor Sakura was a manga series written and illustrated by famous manga group Clamp, which is Nanase Okawa, Makona, Tsubaki Nakoi, and Satsuke Igarashi. It was their 14th overall collaboration and arguably their most famous? Can we say that? Yeah, I'd say that in Magic Knight Ray Earth. Yeah, I, I feel par, that's... But this, yeah. As far as, like, the West, quote-unquote Western audience is concerned, yes. Yes, okay, and it was serialized between 1996 and 2000 by Kudansha Pu Publishing. The series was adapted into a 70-episode anime series by Madhouse that aired on NHK between 1998 and 2000. The anime series was primarily directed by Morio Osaka and was later spun off into two movies and a sequel series released in 2016, which also had an accompanying ma manga extension. But, <clears throat> but enough about that! Fuck all that. Uh, we don't care. Not our jurisdiction. Keep it. Keep it all. Because uh, we are talking about the uh, superior titled <laughs> Card Captors. Who's the Sakura? Doesn't matter. Because it's all about the Card Captors. The ill-fated dub licensed by our dear, dear, dear friends at Nelvana. Can't escape them even when we go to anime. <laughs> even when we fully go to a different... A different country of origin, Nelva that polar bear will still rear its head and blow at that star. It's like a curse. Yep. It's like a curse that will follow us to the grave. It is like the Juwan Grudge curse, where it, do <laughs> it doesn't matter what we do, that bear will always kiss that star, no matter what we do. And give us content. And God, thank you. Thank you, you ever-present bear. <laughs> And the dubbing was handled primarily by another familiar name to this side series, uh, the Ocean Group. Hey! I'm happy when they ever, whenever they show up, because yep. uh, that means there's going to be a lot of information on this shit. <laughs> uh, and ju just uh, to cover our technical basis here, the dubbing was primarily directed by Emil Gladstone and translated and, and adapted, sorry, and was translated slash adapted by Meredith Woodward. The dub originally premiered in the States on the Kids WB programming block on the WB network in June of 2000 in a heavily edited format, which cut the episode's list almost in half from 70 to 39, reorganized episode production numbers seemingly at random, and took out multiple key elements and storylines, making it, to put it lightly, a fucking mess. It was fundamentally a different show at that point. We'll, we'll break it down a little bit uh, as we trudge through what card captors was but uh we were somewhat blessed here in canada as well uh, we most likely got this horribly edited version uh played on the four kids tv block on fox tv because the kids wb programming block shared a lot of similar shows with that one mm -hmm. but we almost we also got a full production run of the dub all 70 70 episodes aired on teletoon yeah i mean they were still butchered. They were still heavily edited, still out of order. But at least we had an opportunity to piece things together yeah. where American audiences had no fucking chance. Yeah. Surprisingly, we got one over on the Yanks. Finally. This time for one. Appar apparently in Canada, we respect the original release more than the Americans do. But, but not enough to, like, really, really... Oh, no, that's no keep the show the same that's no feather in our cap no yeah. we, we can't we really can't lord it over anything anyone else except for the the people who turned into the kids wb sorry it's just true yeah. uh so considering that neither of us have any prior relationship with this series dubbed subbed or butchered uh we took a look at the first episode of the series the uh japanese first episode the actual first episode. We'll get into that. Um, we will probably get into that immediately because it sets up the entire issue with this dub. Yeah. Uh, we took a look at the first episode of the series, a Japanese title, Sakura and the Mysterious Magic Book, English title, One Fateful Day, directed originally by Morio Asaka and written by Nanase Okinawa. Japan air date, April 7th, 1998. American air date, June 23rd, 2001, and most importantly, Canadian air date, March 7th, 2001. What 
is Card Captors? Uh, so Card Captors is a it is a magical girl show. Okay, you lost me. <laughs> um, so it is a magical girl anime about our protagonist Sakura, who uh, whoopsie doodles lets out a bunch of magic cards from a book and is tasked by their guardian uh, with the responsibility of collecting all of the cards because they are powerful magical items that when set loose uh have the capacity to fully take over the world okay nope and she's also nine years old sure so that seems like a that, that seems like a very straightforward distillation of the premise of the show yeah so she she and her friends uh Occasionally, we'll, they'll tag along to help her. Um, she goes about collecting cards, defeating evil, as she gains more uh, abilities and occasionally more fancy outfits as she captures cards. It's all very now, fun and light and fluffy. Yeah, now, uh, knowing all that, know, knowing what this first episode is about and how it uh, perfectly sets up, like, the the main thrust of the storyline and introduces so many characters. What if, okay, follow me along here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What if we didn't air that episode first and instead aired the eighth episode? That sounds like a genius plan. Whatever could possibly go wrong. Why would anyone be confused? I, so this is a, this was a common practice at the time where, the licensor of the series had free reign to do what they will with, with the integrity of the show and present it in any format, any organ, like any order they wished. And here, with the American release, they, they showed episode eight first. Uh, Sakura's Rival appears, or Sakura's Rival in the English title. And why? Uh, I think because that's the first episode where Lee shows up. Right. The the first significant male character that has any kind of relation to the action of the series. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, despite the fact that this is a shoujo magical girl anime that it was explicitly published in a shoujo magazine and is aimed at uh, a young female audience. Uh, when it When it came to North America, we were like... But we want boys to watch it, too. Yeah, so let's uh, let's put this side character to the forefront. Uh, delete all references of the main character's name from the episode titles, because every episode has her name in it. Yep. In the Japanese release, but nope. And take her name out of the actual show title. Yep. And, and they also just... uh, take out explicit reference to her being the card captor. And they I mean, yeah, it, they refer to her instead as a, as a card captor, and card captor is like more of an honorary title than her like explicit job. See that that's how insidious that this change was because I'm pretty sure when I introduced the original like manga and television series, I said card captors Sakura. Yeah, and it's not that. Did. It's not. Yeah, it's card captor Sakura. She is the one. She is the one. It's but just no, her. Cause... Lee and uh, and forget her japanese name it's madison and as far as we as far as we're concerned uh, yeah madison an all-american name like they are not they are they are major characters they are very important but only insofar as they are important to sakura yes but but we're like no 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 we got to make it more of a team effort they're all card captors now i mean the, the fact that it just it's such a ridiculous correction there because mm -hmm. that's it, it defeats the entire purpose of that main character protagonist of yeah. being the chosen card captor. Yeah, she has like some implicit magical ability, which is, allows her to uh, open the, the book in the beginning. It, it's, it's her journey. Everyone else is just along for the ride. Yeah, which, you know, is... A standard kind of, like, a standard kind of manga anime storyline uh, targeted at kids of this age. Yeah, but for, but for some, some fucking reason, 
some executive thought, no, 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 no. We have to make boys want to watch this show. So we'll take this uh, side character, uh, who who is an important character. I'm yes, he he the, is important as a, as the show goes on. But we'll just like just push him out in front of Sakura here and hope no one will notice. <laughs> like, like 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 that. Nothing really makes sense by pushing him into the spotlight like that. Yeah, because I. I, I also watched episode 8 just to kind of get that experience of what it would be like to be introduced to the series on this completely wrong footing. And it's a terrible introduction to that character. Yeah. Throughout the entire, like, throughout the entire run of that episode. He's he, just a dick. He's a villain. Yeah. He is an out-and-out out villain, and th- despite their best efforts, Sakura still feels like the protagonist. Yep. You failed. In the entire intention of this whole dubbing effort, you failed. Yeah. But, it's... but man, you have to... I, I'm not going to say it's impressive that they fully tried to change the protagonist of this show. But I am going to say it's it's wild that they thought it was possible. It's certainly ambitious. I, I'm, I am inspired at what they thought they could do. No, because this is the, uh, this is like the Star Wars The Last Jedi fan edit where they took out all the women characters. Mm-hmm. Like, this has the same energy as that whole practice, where it's like, you are specifically changing the entire ethos of the show for a different demographic, which was not, never going to care about this. Yep. And... Also, that's not even true because people still watch Sailor Moon. I watch Sailor Moon. Yeah. It's a great show. Cardcaptor Sakura? Really good little show. I was... It, it goes into some fucking places. I, I was saying before we started recording like that the actual premiere episode is a very, very solid series premiere. Yeah. It, co- it covers all the bases, it sets up the lore, it sets up the characters, it's and this whole... It's got some gorgeous fucking animation. I mean, thank God that uh, they couldn't cut too much out of that, because <laughs> their whole focus for this whole re-editing uh, plan was to make it more action-oriented. And, hey, the, the Madhouse action is as crisp and beautiful as it's ever been. Yeah, but you know what else is crisp and beautiful? Uh, literally just the shot of Sakura putting on her, like, rollerblading guards... I think that is one of the most beautifully animated parts of this entire uh, series premiere. Uh, so beautiful that it's reused in episode 8. Perfect. As well as her uh, waking up from the dream, exact same shot, which, you know, it was practice at the time. It's, yeah, there's no, I mean, no point criticizing is expensive. that. Still is. Yeah. We're still in that uh, we're still in that dire period of the anime industry where apparently they're using AI now. Ew. Oh yeah, I heard about that. You saw that with the, it was, I think it's a Dragon Quest adjacent series or something where they're using AI generated backgrounds. It's like, wow, we are. That they still need a human to like storyboard. It's just, we're God, in a bad place. It, God, it's pathetic. Um, Not a lot can be helped about that though. Uh, but this is, this is beautifully done by hand. Yeah. Like it's, it's 1998, baby. Like 1998 Madhouse, who were firing on all cylinders at the time. It's yeah. like it's. We just they just finished making Perfect Blue. Yeah, like they were at the height of their powers, honestly. And this, uh, w- well, at least with the Japanese release, uh, this was a huge hit for them. Oh yeah. And probably why that, um, as we were kind of discussing, it's the, it's the preeminent Clamp produced media property, I guess. Yeah, I, um, I don't think Clamp knows how to make anything less than a, a smashing success well i mean considering how prolific they are sure <laughs> i mean i what did i say it was it was like their 14th overall collaboration yeah so <laughs> yeah I, they were yeah, they I, were a force god i think in terms of like popularity as far as i am aware is like cardcaptor sakura magic knight ray earth um the character designs of Code Geass, and then, <laughs> like, Black Clover, probably. Yep. Yeah. Their, yeah, output, so... their output is insane. And, and while watching this first episode, um, 
I feel like the, the dub more or less keeps it intact, but uh, there are just these weird... There's, there's these weird feelings of obstructed pacing where it's like you notice the editing right off the bat. Oh, gosh. I wonder what, what that could be about. Yeah. Wanna, c- yeah. Just... So I... um, Just for funsies, Chris watched episode eight. I went back and also watched the Animax dub of episode one. Mm-hmm. I noticed that it is a full five minutes longer. Yeah, a whole five minutes of quote-unquote content was just taken out of the first episode, yeah. which feels egregious when you just say it out loud. Honestly, I think it has to be more because the Nelvana dub also adds, like, this little, um, this little Sailor Moon says type, type dealy bob to the end with, uh... Was- was that not in the original Japanese? Because I found, like, a Japanese well, version of that. It's yeah. It, it is there. Just different content? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. What's... Sorry. All right. Kero. Yeah. It was, like... What, what is it in this? It's, like, Kero-chan says or something? Kero's Corner. Corner. And in the Japanese, it's, like, uh, let's speak to Kero or something. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a little I, I bastard, mean, man. Uh, made I... even more so by his voice actor. <laughs> yeah, I I'm very fond of um of this this trope in in magical girlisms where like they just get uh, a little a, a familiar little friend. Yeah, just a little familiar, uh, someone who's supposed to help them, and that this show uh, decide to take the turn of like he's he's a little idiot bastard. Mm-hmm absolutely sucks at his job sakura is tripping over him trying to save the world she is doing all the work and he is he's there i mean we don't even yeah we don't even see it as like alternative form for like a couple episodes right Mm -hmm. yeah because she has to i think she has to get his card something sure there's something i don't know yeah see the, the show was marketed towards uh, girls, so I didn't watch it. Yeah. No, have we, no, we established? Uh, and I was an edgelord who was going to avoid things that were quote-unquote too girly. Um, so I didn't actually watch this show until, like, university. When I had, it... I had a roommate who did grow up watching Card Captors, and she had so many feelings about this show. And I was into anime, so I was like, okay, I'll check it out. Isn't it so upsetting how like technically the people who were producing this dub were right in their intentions how do you mean in that they knew that this would not play to the to a male audience oh yeah like and no they're they're not right that is a personal problem of mine where it's like well my gender identity and all that i i can't have it at all challenged by being seen or heard talking about a magical girl show. I mean, ew. That's, that's for girls. But also, like, at the time, the people behind the Nel- this Nel- the Nelvana dub here were correct in assuming that male young male audiences were the primary consumers of anime content on, telev- on Western television at the time. No, yes. it's not. It's not a. It's not a perfect uh, yeah. percentage there because, as we all know, uh, girls were also consuming the same content, and just no one was paying attention to that. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy thing. Where, That's it. Yeah. Yeah, like girls weren't necessarily uh, watching a lot of anime because there weren't anime targeting girls being aired in North America. And when you had a perfect opportunity to release one, they tried to skew it towards a more male audience. Like, they were like, well, girls don't watch anime, so why not take this anime for girls and make it less so, somehow? So, at the very least, you can understand their logic behind this whole process, but also, it was an incorrect assumption, and in the long run really ruined any potential of card captors taking hold in the West. Yeah. I mean, it still has a fairly dedicated fan base. Um, but definitely less so than, uh, obviously less so than Sailor Moon. But, like, 
people who genuinely liked it will ordinarily then transition to watching the original show because it has more going on uh, than the version that they watched as kids. And so they'll sort of just like stick to Cardcaptor Sakura and be like, yep, I love this show. Yeah, I watched the shitty Nelvana <laughs> version when I was a kid. Whereas like with Sailor Moon, I think even if you don't go into like being an anime fan after that, people will still thoroughly, strongly remember Sailor Moon. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and mostly because, well, not mostly because, but uh, a part of that has to do with there is just a longer post-life of the original series for Sailor Moon. For sure. There, there's like a, like a more robust uh, franchise built around it. Uh, Cardcaptor Sakura, um, it, it, had, it had the show, it had the manga, it had the extension series, the movies, as well as a lot of video games I've come to learn. Really? There's like a whole list of video games for like multiple systems. It it was a it was a decent media franchise all on its own. Mm-hmm. And and I'm gonna assume there were some audio CDs, drama CDs, and maybe a stage show. I don't know. I'm gonna assume definitely character songs. Yep. This this feels like it came out right at the right time to have character songs. Yeah, it it was it was a decent hit for them and. <laughs> Nelvana did not believe in it. No. I mean, that's that's what that means when they feel the need to heavily edit it and change the entire, ch- change the entire focus of the show away from its main characters and, and and away from like shojo what shojo manga does so well, which is like bolster the interiority of a young schoolgirl. Yeah, yeah. The like the joy and the strength of shojo manga is like taking a young woman and basically saying this singular character has such a dense interior life she's got so much going on that we can write an entire series just about her and her feelings and it will be a success yeah it's taking her emotional side seriously Mm -hmm. and and giving the same dramatic weight to these like personal epiphanies of like emotional intelligence that a shonen manga would give to the main character beating like a final boss. Yeah. And Shoujo to take that fucking rules. It does. Yeah, like there are there're just a list of great titles uh and plenty of great sho- shojo anime as well. And for whatever reason, and I know the reason, it was 2000, it wasn't a proven formula yet <laughs> in the west. They just didn't see it working. They didn't see tapping yeah. into an audience who would respond to this this focus on the internal stripes of young girls. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, Oron hadn't utterly uh, just uh, been absorbed into the collective consciousness of every That really cracks something open, yeah. Girl. Yeah. It, re- it really took, like, a series kind of like that uh, to... To to really prove to distributors in the West that there was a market here, but um, like, that, hey, that's an oversimplification, but sure. Hey, girls have money too. <laughs> hey, capitalists, I, girls yeah, will buy your shit. That's what that's what it uh, boils down to, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so more or less, despite some d- despite some editing on the first episode episode, it's. It's intact, I would say. Uh, actually, this is a good question for you, Sylvie, because you did watch the like the other version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a narration going on in it? Yes. Okay, because um, as as soon as I was watching this episode and I heard uh, Sakura narrating, I thought like that has to be that has to be a, like an English dub edition. There, there is less of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and it's definitely more direct like the whole the narration in the in the nelvana dub of this episode is very much like sakura telling the story of how she first came across the cloud cards um and so it's it's everything she says kind of sounds like it's leading up to this inevitability uh the original is more of a literal character introduction where like she is speaking to the audience saying, my name is Sakura, this is the school I go to, this is my brother and my dad, my mom died when I was three, don't worry about it, I have a crush yep. on my uh, brother's best friend, this is my my best friend. 
I wish I was in high school too. Yep. So that I could date my uh, my brother's boyfriend. I mean, best friend. Julian. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so the the narration is there, but it's okay. Uh, it's less pervasive, <laughs> and it does disappear after a while. Okay, that's that's a, kind of what I assumed. Sure. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big um, pet peeve of mine is like unnecessary added narration because you can always tell when it was it was a decision made by someone who's going no no there's absolutely no way we can trust our audience to know what's going on without being explicitly told the classic example of that for me is uh and i think this is the example most people use is uh, ridley scott's blade runner uh-huh the additional narration by Harrison Ford uh, that was added to the one of the later cuts is just so unnecessary. My my go to uh, is the nineteen ninety three Secret Garden. Ooh, that's another good one. Yeah, where it's like all of these very very quiet poetic shots, where it's just the characters existing in this pastoral land, and they were like, "No, kids will get bored." We we didn't need one of the characters to yammer at them during this uh, idyllic still scene of, of Mary resonance. Just, like, watching a beetle walk across a fence post or something. Like, God, where's where's my director's cut of Secret Garden? I want that way more than Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, you're never gonna get that. I'm not kidding. Never gonna get that. Uh. So what were the big kind of changes to this first episode? Um, so a lot of the, uh, the introduction of uh, Madison is cut. So uh, the, the version that we get, basically they have one conversation by the lockers where they're just like talking about a project where it's, it seems more like they're just casual acquaintances, classmates even, rather than absolute besties. Um, right, she's, she's a very, like, minor character in yeah. her introduction here. Yeah, whereas they actually, uh, they meet right outside the gate. Uh, she she teases Sakura a lot about her crush on Julian. Uh, and they have some playful playful banter. And uh, it's also made, like, we, we also get her, her very important character-ism, which is that uh, Sakura is her muse. She just loves to take photographs and videos of Sakura because she thinks she's adorable in absolutely everything she does and uh yeah she like very best much has a, she has very much has a crush on Sakura and this is completely erased from all instances of the dub mm, they just seem like best buddies from the version I saw but okay they're just real good friends same with uh her brother Tori and his best friend Julian they're absolutely just real good friends hold on are you accusing Julian Starr of having a n relationship with another teenage boy? Yeah, 100%. Interesting. Because, you know, didn't really play in my version. No. I didn't see any of that. Well, and you don't. <laughs> Thank God. Because if I was six, year six years old and watched that, I, I feel like I would have been corrupted. Yeah, you could have you could have become a gay. God forbid. Um, the other thing that's thank you, Novana, for saving me from this. <laughs> the other thing that is very much cut is how fucking violent Sakura can be. Like we do get this uh, this bit of her having a daydream about growing to be like twenty feet tall, and so she can step on her older brother because he bullies her, and just a, just a taste of sibling violence. Yeah. Um, but in the, in the uncut version, when he starts, like, teasing her about her crush on Julian, she fully kicks him in the shins with the, like, pointy end of her inline rollerblades. And it, it looks painful. I'm just gonna say, it looks fucking painful. OG Sakura is out for blood. I mean, we, we give her, throughout the series, we give her essentially the powers of a god. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe we should be more concerned about that. Why, yeah. why, didn't the, why, why didn't the Book of Chow, or whatever it's called, 
take that into account. Uh, because it, it knew that, uh, she was right for the job. Kiro, you're sleeping on the job. You, you gave all this godly power to a sadist. He did, he did sleep for 30 years. <laughs> he took a nap! I, I, I did like that joke, not mm -hmm. gonna lie. So, yeah, uh, in addition to all of these, uh, very specific character beats, which may or may not be considered controversial if they were to air in the West. Uh-huh. Uh, almost everybody's name has been changed. Yes. And in ways that uh, put the, put like the Sailor Moon dub to shame because they are full, there is like not a trace of their previous names in most of these character changes. Sometimes, I guess. I, I mean, um, the focus here is, like, anything remotely Japanese, take it out. Except for Sakura. Sakura is allowed to ch stay because I feel like if they were to change that, that would be the... There would be so much work they'd have to do. Rebecca. Yeah, it's not it's not <laughs> Rebecca Avalon. Yeah. Card captor um, Rebecca. <laughs> uh, her, uh, her best friend Tomoyo is Madison. Um... Her brother Toya is Tori. Uh, Kinemoto, the last name is turned to Avalon, yeah. Yes. Uh, Yukito becomes Julian. This uh, this is the most egregious one, because his original name is Yukito Tsukihiro. Yep. And he's Julian Star. Yep. Julian Star. That is... I mean, I hate to say it, but that's a superior name to Yukito Tsukihiro. <laughs> Come on, Julian Star. That is a it's badass. It's a good name. It is a very good name. Uh, and God. then our other main character, who does not appear in this episode, sorry, not appearing in this episode, Lee, uh, whose first name remains un unchanged, uh, but his surname goes from uh, Sayoran to Shaoran. I, I feel like they could have just kept that one because you didn't yeah. do much to change it. Yep. I think they just uh, wanted to make it sound uh cuz i think he comes from hong kong yeah they they did try to make it more yeah they wanted to make it sound more quote unquote like again what a random american kid is going to think chinese sounds like yeah yeah so this is a very traditional kind of like dubbing thing that uh happens especially in this period when they were given free reign with the original text it's just excise any japanese naming we can and switch it just enough where people won't notice until they see the original. If if they ever do. Well, no, because the dubbing was the only version to see back in 2000. Exactly. What are you, what are you gonna do? Find it somewhere else? You can't. Look, again, when this was airing, I was six. <laughs> I'm not going to an anime convention. I'm not tape trading with an old pervert. I'm sorry. I don't know anyone uh, who has a, a, a hookup in Japan who will occasionally send them VHS tapes. So, apologies, but for most of my life, that was Julian Starr, goddammit. Yep. And you know what? Even today, I would still much prefer to call him Julian Starr. It sounds like a, a porn star name. It does. Good for him. <laughs> Love it for him. You know, Julian Starr in Anal Escapade 7. I'd watch it. Uh, and the the, I, the other major, major change, I'd say, is that a lot of um, the things that I would call anime-isms are cut out. Classic dubbing technique, yep. Yeah, so any, like, shots of, uh, like, Sakura's eyes going, like, big, hard eyes when she looks at Julian... Um, a lot of the, like, little, uh, emotionalisms, like the sweat drops and exaggerated facial expressions are cut out where they can be. Mm-hmm. Because I guess that's weird. We can't have weird things in our well, fun it would, show. It would just clash with the other, like, with the other shows that it's sharing the programming block with, which is... An inane take to begin with, because I don't know if you were able to watch, uh, like, producers of the, these dubs. I don't know if you were watching the programming blocks on WB Kids, but you had, like, six shows, 
one after the other, all with different, distinct, and weird animation styles. Yeah. What are, what are we looking at for this block? Oh, you know, you're looking at... Uh, well, actually, when this originally aired, it aired the first two, epi- first two episodes of Cardcaptors uh, back and like for the premiere back to back just to, so people can get the idea i guess mm-hmm. videos we had like jackie chan adventures going on and power rangers time force in that same block and i think was the was the kirby anime airing at the same time right back at you i think it was oh, no. hey it was a great time for tv uh-huh but to underline the point it's like if if sakura avalon started just when she's embarrassed, getting gray lines on her face and sweat drops appearing on her forehead, that's not going to take your average seven-year-old out of the experience. And like, wait a minute. Wait, that looks different. This is an American. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had, like, a weird conversation with my mom about that, where, like, she would see the uh, over-the-top expressions in anime be like i just i just can't watch it it just looks really weird but then she would turn around and watch like looney tunes without missing a beat and it's like yeah it's just it's cartoons it's just exaggeration it's i i do i don't understand the confusion truly well and and especially in a period uh, with looney tunes specifically where you had multiple staffs of directors working on those original shorts and characters can change their model design like grotesquely between yeah <laughs> all b- between like uh shorts because they had different people working on them who had different design ideas for them yeah like i don't know you can be harmonious with that but some anime is just taking you right out of it oh man the the girl has a crush on a guy so her eyes turn into little hearts. That doesn't make any sense. Now let me watch this Betty Boop cartoon where a wolf <laughs> looks at Betty Boop and his eyes turn to hearts because she's hot. Yeah, you're right. Um, <coughs> you're right. I mean, most anime can be accused of ripping off uh, Fleischman Studios. <laughs> That's not even a joke. No, I know. It's. I mean, it's really, it's a lot of back and forth. The history of animation is all about just collective cultural exchange yeah yeah just everyone seeing artists just seeing what another artist is is has going on and it's like oh i want to try that and then another artist looking at what that first artist has going on going like oh i want to try that i mean it's it's the most basic uh like it's the most basic uh japanese media 101 take but it's like yeah we would not have like modern day manga or anime if Osamu Tezuka was not a big fan of Disney cartoons. Yep. Like, that's where that's, that comes from. That's, that's just a fact. See, so, the monopoly that was Disney did one good thing. Yep. It, it technically allowed anime to happen, and so that's also a strike against Disney. Yes. I changed my mind mid-sentence <laughs> there. Fuck you, Disney. That is, that is both a boon and a curse. Okay, well... That, I guess that's the episode that we talked about. Uh, it's a very straightforward introduction to the series uh, where... And, and of all the kind of examples of this dubbing taking the hatchet to the original release, uh, it's not as egregious here as it is with other episodes or even with the ordering of episodes. It's yeah. mostly intact. Yeah, the, the form of the concept is still there. I, like, I think that changes as if we were to go deeper into this show. Like, I think mm-hmm. if we were to sit down and watch all 39 of the original episodes. In the original order, yeah, yeah it would be a mess. I, I think it would be a lot worse than if we sat down and watched the original 70 of the Nelvana dub. So, like, even with things missing, I think the shape of the show would still be there. It'd be a little incongruous because there yeah. would there we would know that things are missing, yeah. but at the very least it would like it would feel complete to an extent because in this uh, this series opener here uh, it feels complete. It's uh, it's Sakura discovering her powers and capturing one of the cards. Yeah, perfect. 
and we see that by capturing cards, she can use those cards' powers to, like, edit her wand or her fit. Yep. Like, she captures the fly card. Now she can put wings on her wand and fly around. It's 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 a perfect like yep we're off to the races that all makes sense yep. perfect yep that is card captors this is, got this it is logical makes sense it why is... the fuck would you not show this first uh because Lee isn't in this episode and we can't we cannot risk showing the boys a cartoon where there's no main boy they were just wow it, it like narrative it... cohesion be damned yeah we we gotta put a man's in this. We can't let people know that. We can't let people know that this show is about a little girl. We cannot let people know that this magical girl show is about a magical girl. And like, it's even more ridiculous because the original episode one aired as episode twenty-one in the U.S. release. What? They turned it into a flashback. Well, yeah, I, I would assume it had to be a flashback. Like. That is almost, that is more than half of the episode, of the series, complete. And they said, like, oh, by the way, here's where he began. Here's how it all got started. And it's the Book of Clow, not the Book of Chow. Yeah, I knew that. I I fucked it up, yeah. They're they're (laughs) cloud cards, not chow cards. I thought you were doing a bit. No, no, I I genuinely didn't know, because, hey, I didn't watch the show. (laughs) This is my first exposure to it. Okay, let's get into the meats of Canada dub. Um, these voices. These voices sure are familiar. Oh, we have uh, almost certainly encountered all of them before, right? Uh, most. Two, definitely, because... Yeah, yeah, we've definitely... Uh, <laughs> I want to start with Kero. Okay, well... Our, our little lion guy, voiced by... Uh, Returning, returning friend of this show, Matt Hill. Just, Doing yep. his singular Matt Hill voice. We say this every time that he comes up, like, hey, if it works, if it, if it ain't broke, if, don't fix it. But it's so fucking funny for this character specifically. Just, like, this cutesy little lion, flying lion friendo. It, talking in the most surfer bro voice mm-hmm. imaginable. It's perfect. Uh, I would, I would love a, ver- a dub of this show like that is uncut. But leave Matt Hill's performance untouched. I say insert all of his dialogue into the original subtitled version too. Yes. Just for whatever reason, Caro is uh, just talking like that. It's perfect. I think it really adds to the character that, like, he's he's not particularly helpful. No, no, he's, uh, I mean, he's a fuck-up. Mm-hmm. He's a fuck-up who leans on a nine- or ten-year-old to save the world. Yeah. It's kind of bad at his job, I guess. He's, he's terrible at his job. And I love him. And we, and we got my favorite thing that so many people do uh so many people who organize these dubs do and even like american South canadian voice cast is they always pair matt hill with samuel vincent in some way yeah yeah you and cannot have it, one without the other well, I and i feel it's so dangerous because you can mistake them so easily yes uh but i think in this case they're perfect um mo- mostly because uh they're they don't interact at yeah, all and yeah. Kettero and Julian will never meet. And my boy Julian does not have a lot to do in this first episode, so yeah. it, it took me a while to realize it was uh, Sam Vincent and not Matt Hill. I Because I just assumed they contracted Matt Hill twice for Kero and <laughs> Julian. See, I could never get the two mixed up. I, I just feel they're... They're similar enough where it's like, yeah, I could you could convince me one way or the other if it's a if it's like a bad VHS rip. Oh, okay, I can see that. Who's our who's our main girl here? Our main girl, our main girl, uh, Sakura is voiced by Carly McKillop. Not familiar with her. Yeah, no, she is. I believe she is new to this show. I this might be her only dubbing work. 
No, she did some work uh, in for the Sabrina animated series. Um, she was in Cyber Chase. Um, so no, so no anime though. No. Okay, so this is like her her one and only big anime role, and it just happens to be the main character of Car Captors. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if I don't know how. Let's see what. Well, it could have been because she would have been a child at the time. Like, she was born in 89, so around the time that when they would have been recording this dub, she would have been, like, 13, 14. Yeah, and, and not to come down too hard on her performance, which I, I think does sound like a 13 or 14-year-old, but it also sound like sounds a like a 13. <laughs> and also, it sounds like a 13 or 14-year-old, so yeah. it's a bit flat, but, you know... She was learning. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was a kid. And it was probably just like a, 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 an instance of, hey, we have this child around the same age as the child protagonist. Let's just put her, just put her in there. And she's, she's recording dialogue for another show down the street from us here at Ocean yeah. Group in Vancouver and probably has some role in a live action Canadian series. Yeah, she just, does, uh, do you want to guess which one, which one? Oh, of, of the two? Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, it's always a 50-50, and it always, I always get it wrong. Um, da Vinci. Nope, she was in neither. Damn it! Fucking <laughs> God! <laughs> it was a trick! A ruse! God damn it. So um, yeah, like uh, it, it's very it's very strange how this how often this happens where it's like this their one and only foray into anime dubbing just happened to be the main character of a yeah, major series just, in Japan. Just trips into it. Um, as uh, as our our friend Madison, we have Maggie Blue O'Hara who is much more uh, involved in the anime industry. She's uh, she's been in Dragon Ball. She's been in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, right. We we encountered her for that episode. Uh, she was Balma, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, she was not. Sorry, I lied. She was not Bulma for that episode. She only played ah. uh, Bulma later in the Ocean dub. Oh, she was the recast. Okay. Yes. Um, but she does return as Bulma in the Funimation dub. Hmm. Good for her. Or the Dragon Ball Curse of the Blood Rubies, and, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's because we didn't get a lot out of Madison in this episode. Uh, didn't really leave an impression, but yeah, you yeah. know she'll she'll she does more. She does more later on. Fair enough. Uh, I, I, it's a it's a serviceable performance by her. I'll, I'll say that much. For the like three lines that she gets. Well, she would have had seven, but no. Yeah. Uh. In for for certain not appearing in this episode, uh, we, we've got Reese Huber as Lee, uh, and he's he was a uh, child actor as well, so he would have been young at the time that the dub was being recorded. Uh, and oh, and you can tell. Oh yeah, he has like about ten credits to his name, and has just he he retired in like two thousand and four, and he's off just quietly living his best life good for him yeah tori we have tony samson the names sound familiar but i he's eddie yeah that's right yeah god it's so weird how they get around like that yep yeah and so of course he's a lot more uh involved in the voice acting industry uh and yeah and then we've got oh wait Brian Drummond is Aiden. That's our other one. Aiden is uh, their dad. Oh, barely registers in. Yeah, he has like two lines, but but that's our guy, Brian Drummond. Can't escape him. Mm-hmm. And why would we want to, honestly? No, he's delightful. Uh, and I'm I'm noticing here, looking up their credits, uh, they it must have just, just they must have been like Ocean Group contract players because you're seeing a I'm seeing a lot of shared series between them like mobile suit gundam seed i'm seeing ed and eddie ironically <laughs> for, yeah. between a, a couple of them uh and i'm also like seeing Mega Man and t warrior and dragon ball z R- rama and a half it's like they're 
they're getting around and pulling from the same pu- pulling yeah. from the same group the, of the actors same pool of of friends and i never really thought about this before but it's kind of like making this sonic memory of what anime sounds like to be very similar absolutely and i think For that's like, that like that that's something that can be said of um basically any era of a given dubbing group yeah where like canadian anime dubs from the uh early to mid 2000s are always gonna have this core handful of actors um there's also like a particular sound to like funimation dubs for for myself from Mm -hmm. like 2009 to 2015 that like they, they'll always sound like this one group of voice actors, and then like I watch a new Funimation dub, and I'm like, who the fuck are these people? Despite the sh- despite the fact the shows could like differ incredibly between like content for for those series, like they they could be so far removed from each other in tone and target demographic, but you'd still get those same voices. Yeah, because because you still hear, you you just hear a familiar voice and just ah. Yes, this is what cartoons sound like right now. Yeah, it's it's just a really weird, uh, like, m- like a Madeline Cookie kind of thing, where it's like you just listen to it, it's like, oh, right, here's an entire block of anime I would watch at this time, <laughs> all running together because those voices would be carrying you through it all. It'd just be like this aural kind of guide through that section of your childhood. Yeah, so like the the voice and uh, and actually it would make sense why then they would get um they would get a different main character like so- someone different from that cast of actors to play the main character just for the sake of variety, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine because, that that would have something to do with it. Because if they're using the same actors for like the seven shows that they're recording at the same time, they wouldn't and they would probably have whoever has the most dialogue, be someone fresh and new. Yeah, because then you're not hearing... You're not hearing the same voice come out of a main character as you'd hear from, like, that one bit character in Ed, Ed and Eddie. I feel like this happened on another previous show where... Like, another previous uh, anime series that we covered on this program where, they're, they're like, a character was specifically voiced by someone not in the usual sphere of like ocean dub actors they just brought someone in for the sake of varying it up i guess that feels like something they could have done for dragon ball but maybe maybe it it, do, it doesn't really doesn't really matter because that's just speculation but <laughs> it, i don't know it, it feels intentional when this is their like th- this is a uh, carly mckillop's one and only foray into anime So I and that's why math I d- wrong. She would have been eleven. Okay, actually, uh, then it's not that bad. Yeah. For for an eleven year old to take on a role that usually you know a sixty year old Japanese woman would take. Yep. Yeah, she did all right. She did okay. Yeah. yeah. Like we have to skew the acting grade towards her age at the time. Absolutely. And she was. She was 11. I don't know. Maybe she wasn't even... Maybe she didn't know what anime was. Oh, she definitely didn't. She just pushed into a voice dubbing box and it's like, okay, you are Sakura. Like, what? Who? What's a Sakura? Dad, 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 dad. You're, you're talking to Kiro now. What? Who? Who? Who's? You're mad at your brother. Oh, I got that. Yeah, that I can do. You're talking to Kiro, the magical uh, cat thing. What is he? He's a Cerberus. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a Cerberus. He's a little he's a little lion friend. I mean, th- obviously this wasn't the intention, or maybe it was the intention, but you can just look at that character. It's like, yeah, there's your plush. Oh, that was the intention. Figured it out right from the the onset. Yeah. There, there he is. There he is. There's your little uh your your phone charm. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's your that's your little guy. They even like designed the her her little wand has like a teeny tiny keychain size version and then she has to like invoke it for it to pop into its full size 
Uh, they knew what they were doing over they, at Clamp. Yeah, Clamp, Clamp has a mind for merch. <laughs> they, they collectively, all of them, just like they know. And all power to them. Yeah. They have been incredibly successful at what they've done. Any, um, anything left to go over for this, uh, for this dub? Because I feel like with this Nelvana dub, we, it could have been a lot worse. Because, yeah. Uh, from, from our experience watching it, because I'll, I'll tell you, I did watch that episode eight and was baffled by <laughs> the knowledge that they premiered it first, because nothing makes sense in context. Amazing. It's, it's a terrible introduction to that series, and I can't... I can't believe they had the stones to try it. Well, yeah. There's no fucking excuse. It's a mess. Yeah. But yeah, watching watching them in the correct order, it's all right. I uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. I it could get a lot worse down the line, and those uh, deleted storylines and character relationships become could become like more obviously absent. I don't know. But with uh, yes. the experience of, okay, but just with this one experience of the premiere episode, I think, I think it's a solid attempt, which would only get worse down the line. Yep, I think that's a fair assessment. I, yeah, I, I guess, I guess my conclusion here is like it's not necessarily the dubbing that's the problem; it's the intentions behind it. Yeah, like the dubbing, the dub work is fine. It's all it's, the editing. You can feel all the the pause, all the executive pause on this show. All all of the like the broken flow of it. It's it only peaks through a couple times in this first episode, but that eighth episode, again, that okay. being a premiere, and it also feels like a mess just as on its own. I'm absolutely gonna have to check it out after. Yeah, like watch it. Actually, watch episode eight. Like everybody, go out. Go onto the Internet Archive, which is where we found these. Don't. It's the Internet Archive. They're, they're mostly protected. Okay. Go to the Internet <laughs> Archive where we found these. Like, they preserved it all there. God, God bless them. Yep. Go love find them. episode eight. Without any prior information of what the Card Captors dub is, just watch that. And keep in mind, this was the West's first exposure to just Card Captors. Sakura. Imagine you are eight years old. And you've just sat down. This is the show you're gonna watch. Like, why even bother introducing Kiro? Just have him there, flying around and talking and doing magic. Fuck it. It's. it's don't worry about it. Who's Lee? I don't know. He showed up. What's He's a, an asshole. What, what? What is this book of Clow? It's Clow. <laughs> it's Clow. Okay, I didn't fuck it up twice. Great. I'm on my shit. Yay. What is Clow supposed to mean? Uh, it's just the name of the magician. Just the word? Who, yeah. Well, no, it's a uh, name. It's just Cloud Reed is the name of the magician. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Made Did, the didn't, cards. Didn't come through in this, in my brief experience with card captors. Ah. Well, I, and any concluding remarks? Uh, the show is delightful, and I'm definitely going to accidentally fall down the rabbit hole of watching the whole, whole dang thing again. There you go. Yeah. A it's recommendation a if I've, I've ever heard I've one. Forgotten, I've forgotten a lot of the like big story beats, so I kind of want to return to it. I, you got a lot to return to because, you know, yes. 70 episodes. <laughs> Remember? I mean, that's not, that's not too bad. I mean, that, that used to be the standard. Yeah. Well, I guess it's going to do it for another installment of our side series, Canada. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please go to your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review, like, share, subscribe at your discretion, preferably Apple Podcasts, because it helps us reach the widest possible audience. You can find the show on Twitter at Cartoon Night Pod, where we post new episodes every Saturday, except for when we don't. You can find myself... You can find myself on Twitter at CinemaCreep, where I got nothing. Three uh, weeks in a row, I don't have a joke for this. Ah, beans. Uh, and you can find me at Sylvie Skeletons. I also don't have a joke. Ah, uh, just just repeat your Skyrim thing. I'll, I'm I'm still deep in my Skyrim mode. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm deep in a re, uh, replay of Persona Four. There you go. I I might post about that. 
I, I surely will not. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. Like, don't police my posts. What are you, a cop? Get out of here. No, because I don't... Uh, I'm not posted up by a subway right now. Hey. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, Toronto joke. Good night. Bye.